Hey, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today I have a very special guest with me, Mr. Robert Klauser. Rob, how are you? Doing good, Alex. How you doing, man? Doing great. Very excited uh, for this episode. It's our monthly comic book episode, but here at Comics and Cinema, uh, we tend to uh, kind of break the mold every episode, so we're not just going to be talking about a uh, the comic series that is titled on this track. Uh, I'm going to be giving some recommendations for uh, some other comic book series that I recently read last week. And uh, also, we're going to talk about the Spider-Man trailer that just released, uh, feels like ages ago, but uh, it was only, what, two days ago that it came out. And uh, really excited to go over all of that with you. So uh, let's dive right in, and we'll we'll start with the Spider-Man trailer. We'll end with talking about uh, the comic books, but uh, we're not going to be doing a, a breakdown of the trailer. We're just kind of going to be talking about our reactions, what we thought, and uh, and I'll let you go, Rob. What, what what did you think when you watched this? Did you see it right when it came out? Or was it something that you watched maybe a little bit after? Like, did you know, like, the minute it came out, oh, here it is, let's watch it? Or was it, like, later on? Yeah, uh, we will, you know, Brian, Brian told me about it. Our friend Brian from Discord, he let me know it was out. So I jumped on it, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. It, it, was, it was really exciting, man. Yeah, there's a, a lot in there. And it's funny because I had I think we had talked about this in prior prior times and just to get you know off off air that uh, people have been clamoring for this uh, this trailer for what seems like longer than the movie even existed. And uh, I you know I, I don't even remember when, but I just I know I've always said it that like if you go on Marvel's Twitter, probably their Instagram too, but for sure their Twitter, anytime they release anything. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a featurette, a clip, a trailer. The one of the first few comments is always release the Spider-Man trailer. There's always somebody saying like, just release the Spider-Man trailer. And I've always just been like, what are you like? That's such a like you can't. They're not going to listen to you. You're just a Twitter user. Like, why are you doing this? But I've never seen them do that for anything else. It has only been for this Spider-Man trailer. And now here it is, and, and in the best way possible. Uh, I believe it was Sony or maybe it was the Spider-Man No Way Home Twitter page. Uh, they tweeted out something that said, like, y'all better watch this a million times for the y'all better is said you better watch this for the same amount of times that you ask for it. And I was like, see, I knew I knew they knew the same thing that I did. And then later on, I think they even tweeted something else about, you know, yeah, that's about right when it said like it surpassed some insane amount of views. So yeah. even they even know about the hype behind it. So, you know, it came it came on hot heels for sure. Uh, there was a leak that dropped. Thankfully, I did not see it. I don't think you did either. Did you? Uh, I did. You did? What? <laughs> was OK. Did you did you like did it just fall into your lap or did you actively look for it? I, I did not actively look for it, but uh <laughs> I, I, saw, I, I, I found out that there was a leak. Yeah, it, it, it I, I didn't actively look for it, but I, I saw it. Mm -hmm. Did, okay, did that change the way that you saw the original trailer when it finally was legally released? No, because I'm, I'm, I'm my, my vision's not that good in the first place, so I couldn't watch <laughs> it in freaking, you know, 20p. So I had oh, is that? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so. insane. I, I, I heard about it and I was like, Nope, stay, staying off of Reddit. I'm not going anywhere near it. But uh, yeah, when it, when it did drop and that, that was the coolest part too, because I think a lot of us are aware, some of us even listening that uh, there's been a lot of speculation around this trailer as well. A lot of, oh, yeah. uh, 
ooh, today's the day, next week's the day, it's it's coming this weekend. And there's there's always a theory behind it. And, and again, that's what I love about this is as much as it drives me crazy, I, it makes me happy that people are that passionate about this sort of thing to be like, oh, you know, oh, the calendar in WandaVision was August 23rd. And that's also CinemaCon Day. Like it has to be today. And I was like, no, they're not going to like, they're going to release it when they're going to release it. And then sure enough, you know, everyone was like, ooh, it could be in the next few minutes. And I was like, okay, we'll see. And then boom, there it was. Wow. Awesome. So yes, I was blown away. I loved this trailer. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. It was exactly what I needed to get me through the rest of this year. Uh, it, and in, in such a way, it, it was so different from, uh, from Shang-Chi and the Eternals because it's, it's in a way the first Marvel MCU property continuation because the Black Widow movie, I don't even count that as part of phase four. That should have been a phase three movie. And then Shang-Chi and Eternals, those are brand new things we know nothing about. But this is the first like sequel within the phase four. So you're kind of getting like, can Marvel pull it off? Can they still pull off sequels? And I think based on that trailer that there's a really good chance. And I know what I mean, pre-pandemic, I bet you this movie would have broken. This would have been like the closest thing coming to Endgame, I think, in I terms think so. of Doctor Office. Would they get like 40-something million views in a couple of days or something like that? Yeah, I mean, you could... Honestly, I would... I would now argue that it's possible that is going to be the movie that brings movie theaters back in terms of the box office. I had originally thought that it was going to be like the Fast and the Furious or Black Widow, and yeah. they, they both did well, but yeah. they just they didn't do enough to really break that wave. And I, I think that Spider-Man would be the one to do it just because, again, most of these uh, these tweets that I would see, they weren't just like Americans. It would be people in other languages saying like, you know, I don't even know what the language would be, but like release the Spider-Man trailer. So like, this is a worldwide phenomenon. Everybody loves Spider-Man. It's one of the most recognized characters. I see him peeping in the back of your video there, up atop, over your head. You got that Spider-Man hot toy. Like everyone, Spider-Man's oh, my yeah. I've got him behind me too. <laughs> Spider-Man's one of the best people ever. So uh, I think this movie's going to do really well. And in regards to the trailer, like I said, perfection. I love the mixture of the high school angst like uh, Peter and MJ sitting out on the uh, on top of the roof. That was great. Very uh, slow paced. I like that. But then you get a lot of fast paced with the explosions. We get to see Alfred Molina, a little goblin cackle, which I uh, I really hope that Willem Dafoe is in this movie. He makes everything better. So hopefully that happens. We Maybe we see some other Spider-Men. Uh, any theories on, and I guess I'll just say for any of you out there that haven't seen this trailer, go check it out. But the gist of it is, Spider-Man in the last movie, when it ended, his identity was released to the world via J. Jonah Jameson, and now he is getting harassed and bothered by everybody. He wants to have things go back to the way they were. In a sense, he wants to go back home, and as the title suggests, we all know that that can't happen, but he is in high school. He is Peter Parker, and he always tries to test and push that Parker luck. So he reaches out and finds Dr. Strange and asks him, hey, is there a spell you could do that would make everybody forget I'm Spider-Man? And since, again, this is why I wanted to talk about it in this episode is there's a very uh, popular, infamous, some might say, comic book series just around this uh, for Spider-Man One More Day by uh, J. Michael Straczynski and Joe Quesada, uh, one of my faves. I loved it. And it seems like they're definitely pulling some pieces from there, but 
uh, not obviously not a like for like, but I also saw a video that uh, really cool. I hadn't even thought about it, but that same uh, JMS run on Spider-Man towards the beginning of that run, uh, there's a story in there where Spider-Man uh, uses Doctor Strange, speaks with Doctor Strange to cross through the multiverse in a sense to see future and past versions of himself. And so maybe they're pulling from that as well, uh, which is something that I think we'll probably end up discussing on here at some point in the future, because that was actually one of the first Spider-Man run that I ever read as a comic book fan. Uh, so it's been a long time since I've read it and I barely remember that story. So it'll be like reading it for the first time. But the way that he showed the, the video was, I think, it was either emergency awesome or spoiler or something like that. It's like the first thing you'll find on YouTube, but they showed some clips of uh, the comic book pages and it was like, Oh wow. That it literally like almost from the trailer sort of thing. So it sounds like they're really going to be pulling from that run, which is really exciting. Uh, but yeah, so he tries, you know, making the spell. And while he's doing this spell, Peter Parker's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, you mean MJ's not going to remember either. And he's like, can you please stop talking? And he's like, but Ned too. And Aunt May. And as he keeps bugging him, you know, it makes him lose his concentration. The spell messes up in some form or fashion and the universe, the multiverse is cracked open. And we don't really know more than that. Like, I don't know what to even make of it. But afterwards, you know, he says, be careful what you wish for, Parker. And suddenly we start seeing these villains from the other Spider-Man movies. So uh, I'm curious, did you have any thoughts or any speculation around that as to what could be coming for this movie? I know we've had the you know rumors that the other spider-men are going to be in this we've got confirmation now that you know alfred molina is going to be in this so um what do you think I don't, i'm not trying to speculate too much on this man it's kind of it's kind of all over the place for me but i know a lot of people have been talking about strange might be the the, the antagonist in this movie maybe mm. but you know uh maybe maybe he's the antagonist maybe maybe everything gets messed up and the uh so-called villains or, you know, he's trying to put them back or whatever, put them back where they belong. And they just want to go home. There's no way home. It's not referring to Peter Parker. It's referring to the the villains that get dropped in his universe. Like, I think they're still in the, let's say, the 616 universe, but all the all the uh, Sinister Sticks come to him. Like, yeah. like you see, you see Alfred Molina on the Williamsburg Bridge, you know, by the Hudson River, where he, you know, where you saw him last in Spider-Man 2. And that's that's what he, I think that's what he talked about in the interview. That that's where that's where it, that scene is at. That's the literally oh, yeah, the right. bridge that he fell off of and, and drowned with that that uh, with the with the arms and that that uh, I forget man. It's been a while. Since yeah, the the pier scene at the end of Spider Man Two. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that and that I, I don't I know there's some theories out there. And obviously, I, I love reading about them. I'm, I'm I, as you all know, I hate spoilers. But when it's something so far away, I don't mind seeing a thing or two like Alfred Molina explaining, you know, how he came to be, because I'll forget about it by the time that that comes. And so I know there was another piece in that trailer or in that uh, the trailer breakdown that I watched on YouTube. Uh, they were talking about that as well, that they said there was some not a leak, but like there was a rumor that that's kind of what, what it was, was that some of those scenes were showing that like Dr. Strange was trying to put back all of those, like they basically, they cracked the multiverse. The mm -hmm. villains are loose. He's trying to put them back and Spider-Man it, it's like, they're basically at odds for some reason, which it, to me, again, doesn't make sense based off of the trailer, but is like a really interesting concept. I'm, I'm here for that if that's what it is, but I totally agree with you. I think, 
there's so much in this trailer that is spliced together and made to look a certain way to make you think a certain way. And it's just way too like, and you got to remember too, it's like, it's two and a half minutes of footage for probably a two and a half hour movie. And there's just, there's no way you're going to be, be able to predict what happened. Who knows? Maybe half of the stuff in that trailer is just in the first like hour of the movie. Yeah. And the rest of it is all, we have no idea. So I think we're in a perfect spot. I think uh, anything more at this point would be a disservice to us as the fans. Like I'm going, I'm buying opening night tickets. You do not need to 100%. send me 17 more featurettes, but I'm hoping that because <laughs> it's a Sony film, I don't know who's the one that's marketing it. It may be Disney. I hope not. But uh, if it's Sony, we probably will get one more trailer and that's fine before it comes out. Yeah, but I mean, none of these. It was pretty long for a teaser too. So. It really, well, and that's the weird thing. I, I don't get it. They, they always release the first thing as a teaser and it's always the length of a trailer. And it's like, just call it a trailer. Cause then they do a trailer and the trailer is like a minute and a half. And it's like, what do you do? It just, I mean, right. they'll call it whatever they want to call it to get the views. I think a teaser trailer sounds a little more clickbaity than just the trailer. So maybe that's the case. But yeah, so good. Very excited. Uh, it's it's a good year to be a Marvel fan with, with Shang-Chi coming literally next week and uh, the Eternals coming uh, shortly after that in November. So uh, with that said, we will move into the comics portion of this. So I wanted to point out, like I said, I, I read a bunch of comics last week and um, I wanted to just call them out just as series uh, and, and a will they, won't they sort of recommendation. So I, I read this series, Shang-Chi issues one through five. That's the one we're going to be talking about. And I think we both agreed that we really enjoyed it. Uh, there was also a one shot that I had saved that came out a couple of weeks ago or something like that called The Legend of Shang-Chi. That was written by Alyssa Wong. It's a one shot. It's okay. It, it kind of carries a little bit of the story forward, but it's literally a one shot. I don't think there's much that's leaning to it. So I wouldn't super recommend it, but I also read Atlantis Attacks, which is a newer series uh, that is spinning, spun out of the Agents of Atlas stories by Greg Pak. And that was really good. I would really recommend it, especially for those of you, if you've read the new Agents of Atlas series and uh, we're on the fence about it. Trust me, it's worth it. It's really cool. Um, Juggernaut was the other one I read that was by, uh, I don't I have to pull up the name again, but um, it's another, uh, another mini series. I was basically catching up on all of the mini series. And that's kind of how I do my Marvel Unlimited. The mini series is I don't read them as they come out. I save them for the end because I know there's only going to be five or six issues. And then the main stories I'll do, um, I'll do the other way. It's uh, Fabian Nasizia. And uh, uh, art by Ron Garney, which is uh, he's a Spider-Man guy. So that was cool. Uh, pretty cool story. Wasn't one of my favorite, but it was just nice to see Juggernaut. I love him as a villain. And in this series, he was actually a hero. So that was really cool. There's a three part series that I would really recommend for the art uh, alone, but also for the story called The Curse of the Man-Thing. Uh, another one of my favorite characters, Man-Thing. It's three issues. There's Avengers, Curse of the Man-Thing, Spider-Man, and X-Men. And they are written by Steve Orlando with uh, inks by, or pencil, basically the arts by Daniel Acuna. So for those of you who are fans of some of the Captain America work from the past, uh, he did like a lot of, uh, what was it? Um, Sam Wilson's Captain America at some points. And he also think he did some Avengers stuff as well, but that was really enjoyable. I read the first five issues. I thought it was a mini series. 
Uh, it is a miniseries, but it's six issues. So I'm waiting on this last issue, but Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon. Uh, that one was really good by Larry Hama and uh, pencils by Billy Tan. So I would highly recommend that if you're an Iron Fist fan or just a, a fighting fan. And from our prior conversations, Rob, I read the four issue mini series of Scarlet Witch from the 90s, and it was not good. <laughs> it was uh, it was very 90s. Really nothing comes from it other than a couple of bits around. I think the reason we had even were interested in it was because they were talking about Nexus beings and they sort of go into it in the story, but there's really nothing more than that. So I would honestly say don't even bother, Uh, but it was, it was fine. I mean, it was a really easy read, but at the end of the day, like I said, kind of a a waste of time. So with that said, and with all of that out of the way, let's dive in. Oh, and I also read, sorry, I read Superior Iron Man. If you've ever read that one, uh, when Tony Stark gets his mind switched and he's kind of a bad guy, it was all right. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, but the art was really good. And Tom Taylor wrote it and he, he is a great writer, but okay, let's dive into Shang-Chi issues one through five. This is a new series. So again, 2020 is when it came out. That's when you can find it on Marvel unlimited. And, uh, again, just a mini series. So a quick and easy read, uh, before we dive too deep into it though, Rob, what were some of your thoughts on it? How'd you like it? I was surprised. It was good, man. It, it was also good to read a property that, you know, I haven't seen anything about yet. Like I, I never read too much about Shang-Chi and I never, uh, you know, of course this is a brand new character in this, in, in the MCU. So it, it was good to just read something that you didn't have anything to call back on. Like, like since I've been reading them with you, I was always stuff to call back on for like the movies, but this one is like fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, it was real fun to read. Yeah, that's I think I'm excited the most about that for for the film is that I don't know like what Shang-Chi is one of those characters that is oftentimes a supporting character. And when he's in the comic, he's an absolute badass. Like his whole thing is that he's an amazing hand to hand combat fighter. Like he knows absolutely everything about Kung Fu and other, you know, martial arts. But, he, you know, his series, I was looking at it for like what to read for Shang-Chi on the app. And he's got those older series, which I have no desire to read because I know that they're very, uh, I don't even know what the word is. It's probably racist, but uh, just all the weird stuff that they did with like the Fu Manchu and all that. Like I have no desire to even know about that because half of it uh, has been retconned already. And and you kind of see that in this series. So this almost felt like the first time that he got his own sort of solo thing. I know he was in Avengers World and that was great. He was in Secret, uh, Secret Avengers the ed brubaker series uh the second arc and that's what they they actually referenced that in the story about when that's i guess when his dad died was in that secret avengers uh it's like issues six through 11 or something like that and then he was in some of uh, hickman's stuff and that was about it so pretty surprising i I expected there to be more but there isn't i think after this movie comes out he's going to be a little bit more of a big player in the comics i bet we'll see i mean he's got an ongoing series right now so um, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. Uh, we'll call out who who's all a part of this. It was uh, Jean Luen Yang, who is the writer, and then Dyke Ruan and Philip Tan both did the art. Tan does the flashback sequences and uh, Dyke does the, uh, the main story sequences. So part of this takes place in present day. And then the other part of it, again, is those flashbacks to ancient times, uh, which they call or say is the, the early King Dynasty. And I I Googled that and the King dynasty is from 1644 to 1912. I thought it was way older than that, but it sounds like 
uh, I guess Shang Chi is older than he looks. Would you say, based on I some of the stuff in dad, here? His dad and his uncle were older. They were like blessed with long life, or they, I forget. It, it's in here somewhere. But well, it's yeah. They talk about like the magic that they harness gives right. them the ability for long life. But I thought right. like in the in the opening sequences, we see them in the past. And they're being taunted by, you know, the village people. And then, you know, a dragon comes up and tries to tries to fight them. And, and uh, his father is his name. And I've got these both here. We got is Zheng Zhu, or I believe it's, I, I hope I say these right. But yeah, Zheng Zhu and Zheng Yi are the two, uh, they're two brothers. And right. so they're the ones that harness that magic. And they're, they're in charge of the five weapons society. And so this is, I thought it was a really cool concept. It kind of reminded me of the 10 rings in a sense, but there's five people and it's almost the same as the, the iron fist, like the whole iron fist series. They've got all those different people who are part of the heavenly city, but uh, there's a brother hand, brother, saber, brother, a sister dagger, sister hammer. And then uh, they don't even really talk about the fifth person. Uh, but I, maybe that's the guy who dies. I, I'm not sure what that fifth weapon was but essentially there's these five warriors that are they'll do whatever the master says basically and so that is zhang uh, yi and zhang zhu and they are i loved this beginning piece because we all know that uh, shang chi's father is evil and he's a bad guy and you see through this that his uncle was kind of like a lever to him in terms of curbing that evil from him. So there's a lot of scenes where, like in this beginning one, where he's about to kill somebody and he's like, hey, how about we don't? We probably don't need to do that right now. And he's like, all right, yep, you're the voice of reason. And so it was really cool to see that dynamic. And I, I liked that. It kind of gave him a little bit more depth of character, especially towards the end of this series where uh, we get the reveal from his uncle that his father was actually... Uh, you know, kind of a good guy. Like he wasn't the best guy ever. Right. And certainly not the father of the year, but uh, he had a good, some good intentions, I would say. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember what you're talking about now, like, like th that reveal from his uncles, like he had to, he had to keep some kind of like menace about him to, to rein in the, the, you know, the, 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 the five, uh, what you call it, the, the five weapon society. He had, he had to, he had to, Live, live a lie, so to speak. So they, I guess, so everybody could fear him more. That was that was, that was yep. the fear. Yeah, like he he had to rule by fear. So yeah, but I, I like I don't know if these are flashbacks because I kind of got confused reading it. Like they talk about it was flashbacks, or it's kind of like his dad had some kind of like society where everybody lived in this, like still like from the past. Because mm -hmm. they lived such a long life, because it like through the whole thing that they were fighting Western culture, like that was the whole thing between him and his brother. They were fighting like the invasion of, of Western civilization. Yep. Yeah, and I think I think it was because when you when you look at like the opening pages uh, and it says like Philip Tan is the flashback artist, so I yeah. think they are flashing back to way back when at that okay. point. And they even had original uh, five fighters basically, and I think most of them die. And so the ones that we see in the current day now, those are the newer versions of them because I guess somebody always takes up the mantle. And I, I really liked that too, especially in this first episode, or I, I love calling them episodes, but the yeah. the the 
the whole gist of this is Shang-Chi is now, again, from these prior comics where he was a supporting character, he's he's not part of this culture anymore. He's moved on. He is in America now. He's right. helping the Avengers. But at the same time, again, for those of you following, he also assists with the agents of Atlas. Uh, so he's in that Atlantis Attacks series as well. But he's also in the Swordmaster series. He's kind of like a mentor to Swordmaster. So he's kind of playing this role where He doesn't want to be associated with his past anymore, but he's still kind of carrying that torch for the future of, you know, again, these younger heroes that he's trying to train, which is interesting in and of itself because he's still kind of a young guy, at least the way that he's drawn, the way that he acts. He feels like somebody who's like late 20s, early 30s. But again, I thought he was a kid back during the King Dynasty. So you know does he have some extra life too i'm cool with it either way like i like that mystery piece of it that he's a little older than he looks sort of thing and uh so then you know he he's in america he's in i believe in new york city and he's working for a lady's uh like a boutique shop basically and you know they selling sweets and all that sort of thing and i love that scene where he's using his powers to just wrap all of these different boxes super fast and then throwing all of the parcels out to the people there. And they're like, this is amazing. We love you. And uh, the lady's like, I can't believe you want to even work here. And he's like, honestly, I just, I needed to get away. So he's essentially in that, uh, man, the first thing that came to my mind was Jason Statham in the Meg, where he goes to, (laughs) he goes to, was it like Thailand? And he's just kind of chilling on the wharf. Like yeah. this is this is Shang-Chi just kind of trying to get away from it all. He doesn't want the the credit. He doesn't want to get involved in any fights. But as we all know, the fight will always end up coming to them. And so we get the the current day story where one of the uh, the fighters, Sister Hammer, has decided to take over the Five Weapons Society. And so she goes and kills one of the brothers. I think it is that fifth brother. And when that happens, that fifth brother was the person who was in charge. So one, any, any cycle, one of those five weapons is the person who is in charge of everybody. Whatever they say goes, they're called the, I think they even call them the Supreme Commander. And when he dies, there's a really cool kind of, uh, you know, contraption on the wall. It just is a bunch of candles, five of them around each of the weapons. And so the candle that is burning or the flame that's burning, that's the person who's the Supreme commander. And so if that person ever dies, essentially the ghosts of uh, his father and uncle choose who the next weapon is to be in charge. And so she comes in and she's like, I'm going to be the the new Supreme commander and I'm starting by killing you. And so when she kills him, he's kind of laughing. He goes, yeah, you know, but they're still, he says, they're still playing jokes on us. Like, look, and the, the, the flame is on Shang-Chi's weapon, the, the master of the hand. And so it was like, man, even after death, they want him to get back into the fight. And I loved that because then that issue ends with him, her, they're both saying at the same time, like, I need to kill my brother. And he's like, I need to save my sister because he finds out the same thing that like, you know, she's on the loose and, you know, I've got to go back and, and figure this out. So what, in terms of a premise, what did you think of all of that? Did you like the way that went? I did. I really did. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Like set, setting the rules kind of remind me of like the, the, the tribes of Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, that's in, in a good a point. Yeah, so I, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, like you know, you'll you'll see further along in the story when we keep talking about it, like what happens with his sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool how, like, I guess, I guess, you know, everybody gets a turn being the supreme commander. So like the flame, the flame goes on, or whatever, like the 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 
staff. I think it was I, maybe it goes in uh <laughs> maybe it goes in a clockwise order. I don't know because it looks like, like in one, <laughs> you think in so? one panel <laughs> in one panel you got the staff and the, the, the you got the smoke and then the next panel you got the uh the hand with the flame you know that maybe maybe it goes in order. I don't know. Hey, who knows? It, it, lucky, lucky roll that Shung got to hang on to it. Uh, and I wanted to call out too in this. We didn't really touch on it, but uh, there's also another character named Lika Wu who works oh, for yeah. MI6. And so she's apparently like an old friend of Shung's and he, uh, she's the one who pushes him to go out there. So she says that uh, they de- MI6 detected some suspicious activity outside of London, which is where, again, just like uh, in Doctor Strange, each of those five weapons in the society they have right. a sort of home base, like a sanctum, right? a sanctum, yeah. exactly. And so the London sanctum of these people is kind of, you know, at that point. And so then that's when we figure out, you know, oh, I've got to, I've got to save my brother. But she, he actually gets attacked in this first episode with, uh, by the other people, right? Uh, both uh, their names are, I believe, let me get the thing up. It's, I know it's Esme and uh, uh, what's his name, Takeshi. And so right. Takeshi's brother Saber and then Esme's sister Dagger. Uh, for me personally, Sister Dagger stole the series. She was a great little addition. She's like a 13-year-old girl that uh, throws a ton of blades and is always trying to kill people. And I love too that they both they both already refer to him as Supreme Commander. And he's like, no, I don't I'd like that's not me. I don't want to be that please stop calling me that. And they're like, sure thing, Supreme Commander. And it's like, oh my God, stop. And, uh, but I thought that was really cool. So uh, did you like those supporting characters? I did. I, I, I didn't realize like till later on in the story, like they were all from different spots in the world. Like I guess Takeshi's from Japan. And I don't know where Sister Dag is from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like his sister is from Russia. They're, they're, their house is in Russia, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, I liked that too. I liked that they're and and they kind of go to each of the places. So this, in a sense, this series is a little bit of a globe trotter as well. Right. Uh, but there, I love too that it was like they're really good fighters, and they they don't want the throne. They just want to help him and kind of feel that family. And so they're like, we want you to take the throne. And he's like, I don't want it. But uh, at that point, again, they find out who's behind it. And so that's the end of the first issue is that, you know, we got to, we got to find the sister brother, uh, sister hammer to get them stopped. And so in the second issue, we get more flashbacks at this point, the flashbacks are Oh, okay. Okay. So it says uh, Zhang Zhu's Hunan retreat 15 years ago. So he is not a very old man. Shang-Chi is not that old, which uh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, but yeah. we kind of find out what their story is that, you know, they've been pitted against each other as quote unquote brother and sister ever since they were kids. Obviously he has always favored his son more than, more than her, but she's in that position where she's constantly trying to get his approval and it just, she can never match up. You know, this reminds me of what's that crappy, M. Night Shyamalan movie where everybody lives in the past and then they realize it. Oh, the village? Like, the village. There you go. That's what this yeah. kind of reminds me of. Like he he's got he's got his family and I guess his clan or whoever living in the past, but it's it's only yeah, it's only 15 years ago. This is like where they're trying to like develop those zombies, right? Yes, yes. And so that's I love that too. There's some good lore. Uh, I want to point out there's a really great line in here, and this is just 
classic Shang-Chi where he he's lands in the forest and he says, my would-be attackers haven't learned to disguise their breathing. And I just loved that. That like, that is how good of a fighter he is, is that he, he, he uh, just knows all of that stuff. And I know, I, I, I guess we'll talk about the very end, but he has some really great call outs about that in his new series that just premiered on Marvel uh, unlimited. Uh, but yeah. So at this point, again, you know, subverting expectations, Sister Hammer shows up and we don't get a fight. They embrace each other. They, they, you know, she's crying and he, she says, big brother. And he says, little sister. And I love that. And comes over and, you know, they have a meal together. Uh, loved watching them eat. I know that's a classic sort of anime trope of, of eating, yeah. but uh, it's it always welcome because they got crystal cakes and those cakes seem delicious. But I think, yeah, she poisoned the, I love that. And in a way it bugged me. Cause I was like, wait a minute. So he, he knows these people can't disguise their breathing, but he can't smell poison inside of the crystal cake. Man, I, I guess he was fiending for him. Like in the beginning, he must like, have been <laughs> like, cause like there, there was some place where he had crystal cakes and they sucked. So he yeah. finally got some good ones in their poison. So maybe he just like, you know, he, he, he wanted them so bad that he didn't like check, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, in classic fashion, he passes out and we get my, oh, well, and the plan being to poison him, to kill him. But we all know it's the second issue guys. He's not going to die, but we get my favorite shot from the entire series, which is a full splash page of him having sort of a vision of his father and his father is a skeleton and it just says boy and he's like sleeping there and I, it is now my ipad background like this was just such a beautiful page i the this uh this one yeah it reminded me of god of war oh <laughs> just oh my god i mean Great hats off says boy all the time oh yeah 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 exactly <laughs> but then yeah so he sort of wakes up and they're like what he's not why is he not dead and the guy's like no get a hold of yourself his soul is gone this is just his body probably twitching a bit and they're like nope actually that's him alive and he just you know beats the crap out of them and then kind of moves on classic shang chi right he just yeah, he, you know he's so good he can slow his breathing or whatever it is that he did to find the the, the virus and kick it out of him yeah i guess he's like indestructible too because he just like sits up and breaks their freaking cat scan machine yeah <laughs> But then we find out that the uh, the sickness is a little more than it seems. And it's honestly a really cool virus because we start seeing like space come out of Shung's uh, chest where it would be blood, but it looks just like stars. And so we find out, though, that what this is, is part of. Oh, and that wasn't even his. Uh, that wasn't even his dad. It was his uncle. Right. Because at the very end of this, it says he says, come find me. And that's what he ends up doing is searching for his uncle's grave. So that was, that was really interesting. But we find out that he has been infected with a deadly virus, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's the, uh, I don't remember what the name of the virus is, but essentially uh, uh, Sister Hammer is coming up with this. And I'll make sure that I'm on the right one here. But yeah, she, uh, it's called a, uh, the Zhangxi uh, which is a Chinese vampiric zombie. And so essentially what happens is these zombies can uh, propagate by, by the classic zombie way. You get bit by them or you get infected by them. You then slowly turn into a zombie. But they made a point of saying there's like three pieces to the spell that you have to have 
a what was it that you have to have like a frustration or some sort of oh yeah right. it was like some sort of unanswered upsetness in a sense of like if you when you die you're thinking about some sort of grief that somebody else caused you that's what turns you into the zombie because now you have unfinished business so they were like if you end up getting bit by the zombie just think happy thoughts and you'll be fine but we find out by the end of this that she is the one kind of controlling all these zombies and it's because of her uh, upsetness with their father that you know all of the him not uh, accepting her and being upset with her she's really buried that deep inside of her as that being part of her legacy and that's what's powering the zombies so obviously by the end of it that's kind of how they defeat the zombies is because she kind of frees herself in that regard um but yeah i, th- I thought the zombies were pretty cool i mean it was kind of your classic zombies sort of thing but it was still pretty cool that they tied it into a sort Not of chinese zombies, vampiric yeah zombies. vampiric zombies yeah, yes you gotta, yeah. gotta mesh two together yeah exactly so you know just take the best of both worlds between the walking dead and twilight and we'll be all right. set yeah okay and actually i found the page in here so they said the eight nate after that it was after the eight nations invasion uh Zhu moved four of the society's five houses to foreign nations so you've got the one in china but then the or yeah only the house of the deadly hand remains in china the house of the deadly staff is in england the house of the deadly hammer is in russia the house of the deadly saber is in japan and the house of the deadly dagger is in france which is kind of cool i think they end up going there don't they to paris at one point yes that's where they see that weird ass gaiju thing whatever it is oh yeah 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 i'm looking at all this as as it goes through and yeah so she you know they just figure it out and like i said you know it's a mini series and you, you don't really need to expect a lot from this it's very formulaic in that regard of like the heroes team up they take on the fight. We get some beautiful shots in this third issue, though, of, of mm-hmm. them fighting together, which was awesome. But at the same time, uh, Shang is just keeps getting called to uh, to find his uncle. And so he's trying to find, I guess, like his uncle's grave or something like that. And he eventually does. He finds it and goes on a sort of spirit quest, in a sense, to speak with his uncle and learn about his past. And so when he gets there, I love that he basically, his uncle told him to bring food. And I thought that was really cool too, that he brings that food and his ghost kind of comes out and starts eating it. He says, you came, brought food. Good boy. I liked that. Munch, munch, munch. And then he, you know, turns from a skeleton into a real guy um, and says, you know, you called me here. And so he's trying to explain to him that back in the day, and I liked this too, way back in in 1860, uh, it's this guy, um, the wizard who is Baron Harkness. So is that Agatha Harkness's father? That's what I was, I was looking at that too. You, uh, have you have you kept really like light from the Shang-Chi stuff from the movie? Yeah, I, all I've seen okay. are the trailers. I haven't okay, seen anything else. And not I, even the I, most recent trailer. From, from what I've seen and heard, a lot of the stuff is kind of kind of running similar to the movie like i see where they, they pulled some of the stuff from this issue interesting like, yeah that's an interesting conversation to have too though because they made the movie before this comic came out or did the comic was the comic made before the movie because again this is coming so these these issues that final issue came out i think uh, like probably two or three weeks ago which means okay. that it came out three months ago live so I right. think the first issue came out then it would have been six 
nine months or maybe sometime mid last year maybe at the end of the year so did did they get like a sneak peek of it and go oh we can probably put some of this in the comic or was it or was it vice versa maybe maybe, it doesn't make sense though like that seems lazy i think they took some of the stuff from the movie and put it in here maybe because because i from what i've what i've heard and what i've seen interesting there's some things in this comic that might be might be part of it. Kind of part of the movie, yeah. Interesting. But, but to- well, then told, you heard it here first. Way. Told in a different way. Hey, and that's that's what we live for. That's what we want. We don't want them to do the shot for shot stuff unless no. it is like a beautiful panel. I'm cool with that. But story wise, yeah. And, yeah, and just, so what, just some of the concepts. It's not 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 yeah, not shot for shot or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so in this one, it's it's Baron Harkness who is opens a portal for Dormammu who then sends a bunch of mindless ones, which to me was like a smorgasbord of Marvel movies. I was like, okay, so you've got like a weird sort of WandaVision plus uh, Doctor Strange, plus I know the mindless ones, aren't they sort of Eternals related? So I wonder, there, there may be some connections throughout all of that stuff. Um, just crazy and wild. But while So while this is all happening, he says, um, so at this point, basically, they've been defeated. And so his uncle is at the point of dying and his father is like, Oh my God, like you're a lot, like you're alive. And he says, yeah, but you know, it doesn't matter. Like it's over. It's done. We've lost. And he says, no, I have one last resort, a gift from our ancient friend in Camertage. So again, another sort of tie into Dr. Strange, he called them the eyes of the dragon with these stones. We can cast a spell that grants not just longevity, but vigor, which to me sounds like invincibility in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, mirac- he says, miraculous. Why, why didn't we use them sooner? And he says, because there is a price. In order to extend the life of one, the stones require the sacrifice of another. And he says, well, what are you saying? And so this is the part where you, and I'm getting chills even talking about it, where you would be like, okay, he's trying to you know, extend his life. He's the bad guy. But he says, Zheng Yi, you must accept that I, as the elder brother, choose you to live. And he's like, ah, but then he says, you've always been the wiser of us, the more compassionate, the more restrained. Receive my spirit energy so you can continue on as the sole leader of the Five Weapons Society. And he says, no, forgive my weakness, but I cannot bear the thought of leading the society alone. You receive my spirit energy. Goodbye, brother. And he says, you fool. Can't you see without you? I I don't trust me. And he says, uh, you know, oh, that's just crazy. But so, and this is where we get to the spot where Shang-Chi says, uncle, your story isn't true. It can't be. My father murdered you and stole your spirit energy so he could be nearly immortal. He told us that himself. And he says, a lie he perpetrated, uh, perpetuated to inspire fear. And I just, like you said, like, I just love the idea of that where again, yeah, he, he was kind of an idiot, like a meanie, the whole, his whole days to his kids, he was a terrible father, but it was born out of the sacrifice where he wanted to sacrifice himself for his brother. And I just think that's so cool. And that, and I think that's probably a key piece that Gene was trying to write into these stories is just this idea of legacy and of family and the idea that yeah you've got like not just blood family but the family that you grow up with and the fact that the decisions that you make 
for your family. And, and the, the reasoning behind that, that reverberates throughout time. And I guarantee you that that is a theme that's going to be in the movie as well, just based on the fact that you've got the father and son relationship. There's going to yeah. be something about the mom. I'm sure there's a sister somewhere hiding in there too, but just that idea that the decisions that the father, the sins of the father always fall to the son sort of thing. And it's up to Shang-Chi to correct the mistakes that his father made to defeat his father, yada, yada, yada. But the, the, why behind it is just so fascinating like I'm, I'm a sucker for those kinds of stories yeah that that's what i think too i think a lot of like Zhang, Zhang Yi, like he his his motivation is because they they keep getting invaded from the outside world and they're just trying to keep their way of life so that this is like they go to extremes to try to keep keep their society going without being you know taken over so this this is this is where he's at of course now now of course he's over the edge now because him and his brother had to sacrifice and you know, they're doing the back and forth of who should go. And I, I, that probably makes them more bitter because like they wouldn't even have to go through this in the first place. If they, this is like their last resort, if these people never invaded in the first place, he would have probably never lost his brother. Yeah. So and now, and now, even now there's a survivor's hard, you know? guilt too, exactly. of like, you know, he's probably angry as well of like, my brother's not here anymore. And he, like he says, he knows it. He, he doesn't trust himself. Like he's going to become a more bitter person because of this. And because of that sacrifice. And so in this issue too, we see uh, Shung kind of gets to that point now where he's leveling up in a sense and gets back into the real world. And this is where they fight that Kaiju, which was pretty cool. Um, he's an absolute badass in this. And along with uh, Esme and uh, Kakeshi, they, is it, it no Takeshi? I'm so close to saying Kakashi, but, uh, <laughs> but they, they kick some ass on here and they kill that uh -huh. thing. And the classic sort of, you know, how can we even, I love this because it's, it's like, it's a mini series. Right. How, how do you create a cliffhanger? And so they're at the, that spot where I think someone like put a bug in Takeshi's ear to say like, you know, I hear that Shang-Chi is actually evil. And so the very end of this issue is him like looking at Shang-Chi like, I don't think I trust you. And it's like, oh, come on. Like, we know that that's not going to happen. That's not like we're going to read the last issue anyway. You don't have to try and make it into a cliffhanger. But yeah, at this point, the, you know, London is overrun by these vampiric zombies and just, you know, destroying everybody. And so thankfully, the weapons show up, Shang-Chi, Esme, Takeshi, and they just start absolutely whooping butt. And just great. I loved seeing this. But at the same time, he has to deal with this issue. And so he was kind of trying to talk to his uncle about how do I heal this wound that I have? Like I'm turning into one of these zombies. And he essentially tells him there's no cure for it in that respect. The only real cure is kind of to cut off the head. Like this, vi this sort of virus was created by someone. And so if they stop, all of them stop. And so that's kind of what he says at that point. He he kind of gives in to his sister and uh, in a good way. But he, he knows that he's going to beat her, but she turns him fully into a zombie. But I love that even when he is in that, that form, he still doesn't really listen to her. And I love that. She's like, how are you this strong? And it was just like, because he's freaking Shang-Chi. That's why. Like, <laughs> you can't mess with him. Like, yeah, he doesn't really have any superpowers, but... He's got, and we probably missed the spot, but I took a screenshot of when he, someone shot, shoots a bullet. That must be in the Oh, and he catches it with his two oh fingers. Oh my God. Right. Yeah, he saves his sister. That's what it was. Yeah, and I'm going to, let's see if I can, I'm going to speed to this part. But yeah, they tried to, 
they kind of confront their father and she confronts them oh that's what it is is uh what was her name Liko. she shoots at her and he catches the bullet between two of his fingers he doesn't catch it with his hand he catches it like some people hold their their cigarettes or their e-cigarettes that just you know right in between like holy cow and the bullet's still smoking oh just great and so she runs away and so you know what that's interesting i wonder if she's going to come back in the new series we get that piece he kind of gets back to normal goes home and says hey you know what i'm i can't work here anymore (laughs) my life is a little too hectic for your bakery and then he kind of tries to say the same thing to the lady's daughter because he was like oh man she's kind of hot like i'd love to go on a date with her but I'm a superhero. It'll never work out. And I love that. She's like, well, actually I specialize in superhuman law. So uh, if you're smart enough to remember my number, I might be forgiving enough to overlook your patronizing. Like, Oh, go off. I think her name was Delilah. Uh, She was great. She's only in like two scenes, but she, she did a really good job. And so by the end of this though, he, uh, he assumes his role as Supreme commander and with the promise. And I loved this of like that last shot where it just says, this is a new era. Yeah. And so he's kind of going to try and turn the, the ship in a sense. And in, in, in many ways, he's taking over Hydra, right? Like he's yeah. taking over this group of, or more so like the hand. He's just taking over this group of ninjas and warriors that have always been geared and trained to be evil and do bad things. And he's going to try and turn that around and turn it into a good situation. Yeah, I thought it was cool how, <clears throat> excuse me, like they were handing him the flame of his father and he mm-hmm. just like claps and blows it out kind of like hulk style mm-hmm. and then you know like, like he, oh yeah he, he, they they join the flames from from the uh other other uh clans which is pretty cool yeah and that, that's see. like the start of a new society like you said like start of a new new era a new society without without his uh without his dad's influence that's, yeah. that's how i took it oh 100 yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that girl that he's talking to maybe did he go to the same law law school as jessica walters maybe Ooh, ooh, we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, and to me, that's one of my most favorite sort of endings to something, or even just in this case, like a beginning of the old ways are no longer serving us. We need to, we need to become more progressive. We need to move into this new world. We can't just, you know, hang on to these ancient traditions. And I love that he stood up for that and that people stood by him. They were like, I don't know about this, but you know what? We're going to trust you. And they got all super excited. So um, like we said, great series, really enjoyed it. Really easy to read too. I think I probably took me less than probably took me like 30 minutes to read it, but Mm -hmm. totally worth it. And with that said, uh, again, uh, both Gene and uh, Dyke are coming back for a ongoing Shang-Chi series. The first issue just came out on Marvel Unlimited this week. Get that in your heads before the, the Shang-Chi movie comes out next week. Like, why not? It's, it's a brand new series, great new jumping on point. And the premise of it is Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe. So this first issue sees him dealing with Spider-Man. And I loved it because they keep, again, they're marketing it as like, oh, he's got a, you know, he's fighting all of these guys, but it's like he has reasons for it. And so I won't spoil anything in it, but it was it was really cool. And the whole premise of the first issue is him and Esme and Takeshi uh, kind of, well, in this one, I think it's just him and Esme, and they're trying to stop a sort of drug smuggling ring, but the drug smuggling ring is their own 
the the five weapon society so uh spider-man's like he he shows up and he he him and shang chi were friends and so they call that he calls back to that as well that uh shang chi actually taught him the way of the spider back in during spider island way back when in dan slot's run and he says you know your spider sense would be a lot better if you continued to practice the you know the meditations i taught you and he's like yeah you know honestly after that whole incident happened i kind of forgot about it and it was i was like okay that's pretty funny but he's like yeah i'm gonna come hang out with you guys like i'll come on the stake out with you and they're like uh actually no we don't want you to because technically this is us and so i just love that whole dynamic so i can't wait to continue reading this series uh just really happy with the the direction that chung chi is going yeah i liked how the, the little epilogue too like okay he finished talking to his uncle but and he's got his uncle's perspective but then like don't forget it like his the ghost of his dad comes back is that in this in the miniseries yeah it's at the end of uh, oh my gosh that's uh, right it's after the letters that's right yeah, I, I, I guess they they were like getting crunk or whatever at the end of the freaking that's right ceremony because it kind of reminded me of like the king of the north stuff from game of thrones at the end <laughs> i haven't but seen like, game of thrones. Like you see oh yeah yeah i'm sorry uh, <laughs> yeah that's okay you can spoil anything <laughs> you want from that show but uh it's like you know it's like the takashi's drunk and they're putting him down for the night or whatever and mm-hmm. like, like his dad's talking to him or whatever it's because he thought he thought it was his uncle at first it was like his dad and he's he's lighting the uh he's lighting the, the torch back up yeah yeah that's gonna be an interesting confrontation because you, you know how it's going to go, but it's still going to be interesting to see like just him. Obviously, it's a lot easier to learn things from someone that isn't your father and to incorporate them into your life and push them to others. But once your father does get involved and is like, what the hell have you been doing with my legacy? There's always going to be some tension there. But eventually, like, you know, he's going to stand up to himself and be like, no, like, this is me. You you picked me to rule and this is how I'm going to rule. Yeah. Kind of kind of showing like it's not that easy to get rid of the sins of the father. They're like kind of kind of not that easy to get rid of your demons so that's yeah. how i looked at it mm-hmm. hey so you said that you know you, you almost spouted off some secrets about shang chi have you seen uh, have you seen the uh like the movie yet you didn't go uh, see it for the premiere right or that secret I, I, premiere? I did not get a chance to see it okay. the, uh, the, fan, the, the fan the fan showings they were gone in like 15 minutes yeah yeah that would have been cool and i don't think they've gotten any leaks out on it but yeah so i i mean like we said love this series highly recommend it as we wrap up again a shout out to marvel for the uh the insane i would guess what is it called continuity maybe the fact that we've got this shang chi series brand new one coming out at the exact same time that the movie is coming out just a synergy would be the best word for it just really enjoy that very excited to see this movie keep an eye out for uh my review of shang chi once uh, i see it. it'll probably be next weekend at some point Uh, and also have uh, some other episodes and lined up coming up. So uh, keep your guys' eyes peeled for comics and cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Rob, as always, thank you so much for coming, uh, and we will see you at the movies. (laughs) 